Weekly Nightly Podcast, episode 12, even though I uh, wrote it wrong in our notes, so uh, apparently this was the time loop. So I'm AJ, as usual. And I'm Carlo. <laughs> hey guys, this is Eric. And here's Dave. All right, well, we got a special guest uh, for for another round of uh, painful conversations with us here. So thanks, Jack Manning, <laughs> for uh, coming back on. So uh, how's it going, Jack? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's going pretty well. Just been watching uh, more uh, KHL and VHL hockey than I can stand, and even getting a few uh, Finnish games in here and there. Nice. nice. I'm I'm actually surprised you decided to come back after uh, last time we uh, after last time's experience, right? Yeah, I'm surprised I'm back too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They all love love having you. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here. Good to be here, guys. So uh, so last week uh, when we were talking, uh, we. We were still waiting to find out who won the Stanley Cup final. So obviously, uh, everybody knows now. Tampa won. Um, really had a big turnaround from getting you know swept in the first round last season into uh, going all the way to Cup final and winning the Cup this season. So congrats to Tampa. That was uh, you know looking at their roster. I don't think anybody had any doubts that they could not be capable of doing that. It just you know the the puck luck needed to go their way and it did. So I'm I'm happy for them. I wish it was Plus, it, it just goes to show that sometimes you just can't blow off the roster. You just got to keep that core together and every <laughs> once in a while, you know, that team will come through. Uh, since we're in this subject, I got a question. Which has the better celebrations, the cap, the Caps when they won or Tampa when they won? Because watching all these pictures riding jet skis with the Stanley Cup is pretty freaking dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's now they they look like they're having fun over there in Florida. Yeah, but, but come on guys, the, the caps got boobs on the glass. So Yeah, I'm, well I'm there there was <laughs> there was nobody behind the glass <laughs> So <laughs> hey, what can you do? You probably had a, a couple of boobs down there at Florida, but they just didn't see pictures. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's probably happening, especially yeah. in Florida, like you said, and out on the water. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Especially the Florida folks. I love you, Florida folks, but you guys are a special breed. So, uh, what what's that word that you would use for, for that then? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. What's your don't don't, don't 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 start that anyway. Uh, guys, we'll cover the uh, the Tampa winning the Stanley Cup and what that means and what they did later in the podcast. Right now, we want to get to our actual special guest, who already introduced himself, Jack. We want to talk about. <laughs> Today we're recording on Sunday, so when this drops Monday morning, the draft will be Tuesday night for the first round and Wednesday all day, or I don't know, all morning and afternoon for the uh, second through second seventh day. round. Yeah, so we kind of want four hours on the second day. Yeah, what's 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 kind of the length of the the first round? Is that going to be a couple hours or? Yeah, so generally, you know, in a normal year, it's usually about two and a half hours from the time they start to the time the, that 31st pick goes. They burn a lot of time in between those those prospects. And obviously, when, when they called Peyton Krebs' name last year, it took him about 16 minutes to get down the, down the, uh, the ramp on his, his little scooter there. So uh, th- those are the things that stretch it out. So, so it could be like a 90-minute first round this year? Yeah, I would, I would guess somewhere 90 – 90 to, to a buck 20. Yeah. Okay. So, so under two hours. So that'll be nice. Obviously uh, for those who don't know, it is completely virtual again this year, the golden Knights for whatever reason are going up to Montana in the month of October uh, <laughs> to do the draft virtually at uh, uh, Bill Foley's whatever oh, land up Craig. there. Kettle Craig. Rock Creek. Their command center. Creek. Something like that, yeah. Kind of rock, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it is. I think it's better if they're all together anyway, so that's good. They just find a central place to be all together. All the scouts, general manager. I think that's. I think that's I agree with that. Yeah, so they'll be doing all their picks up there. Um, they have five picks in the draft this year. Um, they have their own first, which is uh, what twenty ninth, Then they have New Jersey's third and their own third. And then nothing to the sixth and the seventh, their own sixth and their own seventh. So yeah. I guess the first question for you, Jack, would you expect them to make, if, if you set the line at five, would they make five picks, less than five picks or more than five picks? Meaning, do you see movement coming 
in the form of Cousins going out and getting a draft pick back this year or a draft pick going out to retain salary somewhere or something to get a roster player. So what, what do you kind of see happening? You know, I think, the, I think the options are wide open right now. If it were me, I think I'd try to move a couple of players prior to the draft, a couple of big players, recoup a, you know, maybe a second this year and a second next year, maybe a, maybe a first if it's possible by moving a guy like uh, Jonathan Marsha. So that, that would be my move. But I think there's a lot of things that they can do. I think that they can trade back uh, from 29 to get a couple of second-round picks. That's about the going rate uh, to, to move back from a, from a pick like that. Uh, and I think the reason you would do that is a lot of the players that are in sort of that 25 to 45 range are all about the same quality. And so if you, know, if you can move back from 29 and get two players of about the same quality as that same guy you would have gotten at 29, that's, uh, that's the best move for me. Yeah, and that, that list, like you said, I mean, everyone, the hot name on the board right now is obviously Riley Grigg. For those who don't know, he's the he's a center. He's the I'll, first I'll center push pro. back on that a little bit. I gotcha. But, but for everybody right now, because he plays for Brandon, he's a center. I mean, everybody just – and he's projected to go in that range. Now, there are some drafts – not drafts, but some lists that have him in that 45 range, like you said, to where – 29 might be a little bit of a reach for him. So I don't think he's the perfect fit. And Jack, something that you probably want to talk, touch on, he's under six foot. So he would be the first player other than Brandstrom selected in the first round that's under six foot. Is that correct? So that's, that's not uh, right, actually. Suzuki both, too. Yeah, bo- both Suzuki and, uh, and Peyton Krebs are, are a, sh- okay. a shade under, uh, under six foot, but I think they're both 5'11". So um, that being said, George McPhee has never drafted a player under 5'11". 5'11", with the exception of Brandstrom, uh, since he started uh, as general manager for the, the Washington Capitals. Since, uh, since George McPhee took over the, the Golden Knights, they've drafted exactly two players under 5'11 at all, and that's uh, Brandstrom and Brandon Cruz. And uh, if, if I'm being kind, I don't think Brandon Cruz has much of a chance to, to make the Golden Knights roster at any time in the next five years. Um, so the what you can expect is the golden knights to draft larger rather than smaller they will swing on big upside in the first round uh and i just don't think that ridley Grieg has that huge upside i think he's probably a third line player when everything's said and done but if i'm if i'm being perfectly honest you know the the draft is not where you know my expertise is i i like a lot of these guys i've watched a lot of the video but i haven't watched anywhere near enough video across the the draft to, to give you a really good uh, ranking of where we should be picking or who we should be picking. That being said, there are a couple of guys I really like. Um, specifically, uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Jacob Perot. He's a, a right wing. He plays for the Sarnia Sting out of the OHL. Um, that's a guy that has an elite shot, an absolutely elite shot. And I think that's something the Golden Knights could really add uh, to their prospect pool. And the, the other guy that I really like, uh, uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, the other guy that I really like is a guy by the name of Jeremy Poirier. And he's a, uh, he's a defenseman out of the QMJHL. And his, his draft profile is almost identical to that of Shea Theodore. An mm. elite, absolutely elite uh, guy on the offensive, in the offensive zone, uh, has high-end skating, but absolutely abysmal in the defensive zone. But I see the same, mm. uh, the same uh, uh, development uh, profile for him that, that you would look at for uh, for Theodore in that if he can catch his defensive game up to the you know to at least average just like Shea Theodore has be able to back check the way Shea Theodore's uh, begun to back check I, I think that he can be a player maybe not of the same caliber but certainly the same style I like I like that because I feel like we don't have a uh a top-end defensive prospect. I, I mentioned this before, I think. Haig is our best one, but I don't think he's a future uh, uh, top two. I think he's a top four guy in the future, but I don't think he's going to be a full, like, grade-A Shea Theodore type player in the future. Well, no, not like Shea Theodore, but I think it, there's a lot of upside there for, for Haig. There's uh, a shot there that that Theodore definitely doesn't have. Um yeah. 
Haig's shot is, is just an absolute cannon. And if you remember from when he played his, you know, his 45-game stint or whatever it was with the Golden Knights this, this past season, uh, he must have hit the post 13 or 14 times. How much different of a story would that season be if he had buried even half of those? Uh, I think there's a lot of upside for Haig. And if he can just catch his skating up to where the rest of his game is, man, that, that's a monster of a player. And, and keep Haig- in mind, last year they, they traded up to take a – defenseman that they loved in the second round oh, yeah. Caden Korazak. So I, I, I maybe we, he didn't get enough pub this year because there's not that huge prospect writer here, here in Vegas other than Jack. So Jack needs to give him a little bit more love. Oh, um, I can tell you, I can tell you all about Korazak, man. He is, yeah. he is a great prospect, but uh, he's not going to put up the highlights that, that maybe folks would, would associate with a high end prospect. Um, he's got a really heavy shot from the point, but his, his primary focus is being a defensive defenseman. Uh, and, and I think that's why you don't see as much hype about him, but it's, it's almost a guarantee that he's going to play on the world junior team for Canada this year uh, alongside Peyton Krebs. Good. That's really good to hear because uh, we, especially defensive uh, defensemen do that has offensive upside because most of our defensive defensemen, doesn't have a lot of offensive upsides like McNabb or White Cloud. Well, White Cloud does a little. But, yeah, bit, White Cloud has yeah. showed some of the. De- yeah, the, uh, but the going back, going back to Hegg's, uh scoring ability, he's he's the guy who scored thirty five goals in last year in juniors, which you you know he can do that, and he, he's amazing. I'm not saying uh, go. I don't know if you got what I was saying, but Hegg I love Hague. Hague is one of my favorite prospects we have, but I don't think he's a, he's a top two. He's a top four guy. He has a lot of potential, but. Yeah, I think we still need to have that like elite, elite defensive prospect. I think. Well, this yeah. draft and just the the little bit that I've read about it um, is extremely forward heavy. Next year is the defensive draft. It is not this year. They're talking that this year you're going to have like seven dra- uh, defensemen go in the first round, and really only two or three of them should go in the first round. There, there's not a a lot of great defensemen that are first round quality. Now, like Jack said, if if you can trade 29 and, and move back and take somebody in the second round and get two draft picks back, obviously that would make a lot more sense. But I think if they're selecting in the first round, it'll probably be a forward and it'll probably be a kid that's played in, in one of the CHL, whether it's the OHL, WHL, or QMJHL. They will be somebody that they have familiarity with. Man, I, I would push back on, on where, where they'll draft. I, this is a, this is a, a team that's shown a lot of ability to find gems in, in other leagues. I think there are guys that, you know, like John Jason Paterka out of the DEL, that's a guy I think that would fit the, the Golden Knights system pretty darn well. Um, the only reason I don't think they would go for him is, like I say, he's probably a, a third line, uh, third line, second line kind of player. And McPhee has a, a history of swinging big in that first round, going for a player that can really produce somebody like, um, you know, you know, somebody like Ivan Morozov. Obviously, they got 61st overall. They swing on that upside in those first two rounds. Yeah, if 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 a name like Noel Gundler is sitting there at 29, they're taking that kid because he's he's a right wing out of the SHL. He's big, like you talk about, six two. He's got one of the best shots in the draft. But he uh, prospect writers are all across the board on him. Scouts are all across the board whether he deserves to be in the first round or not. But he, as you talk about what the McPhee looks for is huge upside. That kid has huge upside. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I think the, the big issue with Noel Gundler uh, is just consistency issues. Sometimes he's, he's an elite level player. Sometimes he, he's absolutely invisible for four or five game stretches. Uh, speaking of Morozov, though, you mentioned him, and I also saw you tweet a lot about him. Uh, so, and uh, I, I keep track of that a little bit. And I remember a few weeks ago, you you tweeted that he wasn't he played uh, he 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 was dressed for the game but had zero minutes and yeah. now now uh, I think he's filling for their first line uh, first line C right so that's right so the KHL is absolutely ravaged with uh, the coronavirus right now you have games getting canceled every other day uh, for for coronavirus reasons and uh, his team uh, Scott St Petersburg the same team that. Uh, Nikita Gusev played for, uh, and the same team that uh, Shipishev. Uh, that Shipishev played for. Um, 
it, he is now playing as their first line center because that team is so ravaged with uh, with health issues. Um, that being said, since he's stepped up to that first line role, uh, he has uh, five points in the last uh, six games, and the only thing that's holding him back from having a, a seventh or a, excuse me a six points in six game stretch uh, is that he was just not credited for a second assist that he had clearly earned. So uh, he is doing an outstanding job. I th- if you had to ask me, I think he's probably our probably our second most ready NHL forward prospect right now behind, uh, behind Cody glass. Um, unfortunately he's under contract with uh, Scott St. Petersburg through the end of next season. So that's the 2022 season. Uh, and I would expect when he's done with that season, he'll walk straight onto the golden Knights roster. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, if St. Petersburg doesn't, Screw us again because they've they've been our biggest rivals <laughs> this past three seasons when it comes to Russian players. <laughs> well, I'm not sure how much of a, a rivalry it is or how much they've screwed us. I mean, we, we have taken yeah. their, their players uh, what three times now, two times now, and uh, and not given them anything back except for a busted uh, up Shipashev. So, uh, I, I I'm not sure that rivalry goes both ways. Yeah, that's what I meant. I, th- I think they have a little sour taste on us. Yeah, I think. So- they're like, fuck them Golden Knights. <laughs> so, so that would be something to look for at the end of next season. Kind of like right. the, the Gusev was able to come over, sign his entry-level contract, and be available during the playoffs. Now, obviously, he didn't play, but that is something that could happen because the KHL season typically ends, what, like April 30th, I think, is when the contracts a- a- run through? Exactly. April 30th is the last contract day of their season. Um, and I, I think there's a, a big difference between Ivan Morozov and, and Nikita Gusev. And that's that Ivan Morozov was drafted to be a part of the future of this team. But Nikita Gusev, when we acquired his rights, the expectation is that he was never coming over uh, to play for us. And we were still going to be a garbage team, even if he did. Uh, they were they were grabbing a player that didn't necessarily fit their system or the way they wanted to play simply because he had value coming from uh, uh, from the Lightning. Now, is is that to say that they couldn't have used uh, Nikita Gusev here in a, in a really effective way? No, of course they could have. Um, but my point is the reason they drafted Ivan Morozov is because he fits their play style. He plays heavy. He plays aggressively. He plays physically. He digs into corners to get pucks out and has a lethal shot. Um, so I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, the Golden Knights don't do Russians. No, that's not really accurate. It's the Golden Knights haven't had Russians that they've chosen to be a part of their team um, that weren't just guys that were available. Yeah, I was watching those replays you showed, and oh my god, the the, the one shot, uh, that even especially that shootout shot by Morozov, that that wrister was just lethal. That was just so quick. Yeah, he's got a really deceptive release, re- really quick release, uh, and he's really deceptive with his uh, with the way that he he plays. The, the most recent highlight that I posted. Um, you'll see that he's not even looking at the goal before he shoots. He just gives it one quick glance uh, because he's trying to sell the rest of the, the defense on, on the, the idea that he's going to pass. And that gives him an open net, uh, you know, right directly in front of the goal. So it, it's, it's really impressive to watch his, his hockey IQ shines and his, his shot really develops. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to him. Yeah. So, so I, I know Jack. You also just mentioned uh, Cody Glass. So, what what is your kind of take on on where he's gonna where he's gonna be developmentally at the start of whenever this next season is? Yeah. So, there's a big question mark surrounding Cody Glass, and the the question mark is: Is he done rehabbing his injury and into actually training, or is he still rehabbing? Because, you know, if he's if he was done rehabbing, let's say in August, and he gets three solid months to train uh, and, and to really develop as you know, get that man strength that he needs to succeed in the NHL, he could be a, a true bona fide number two center next year. On the other hand, if he's still working just to get his knee back to, to normal, just to you know, be able to, to use it in, a, in a, an NHL sense, uh, then you're going to see a lot of the same thing that you saw him out of in this previous year. And that's, he's not going to be able to compete because he's just not strong enough. And he didn't get a very good off season uh, this last past off season because of the same thing. He was dealing with injuries. He had just had a long playoff run uh, with, uh, with the Chicago Wolves. And then he came straight into Golden Knights camp. And so without having that time to really train in the off season, it's really hard to take that, that next step. 
Uh, and so that's really what it's going to boil down to for him this year. And because we haven't seen much of him out in public, we haven't heard much from the team on what his condition is. Uh, I'm, I'm not super optimistic. So what, what do you think would, what, what do you think that would look like if, uh, if he's just not there at the start of the next season, do you think, uh, you know, he just spends his, his time in the AHL or. Yeah, I, my guess is they, they don't have him spend any time in the AHL. I don't think he's going to get anything from that. I think instead they'll they'll plop him down as a third-line center and he'll just have to develop on the job. And you know, while that's probably not the best thing for him long-term, the, the flip side of that is he hasn't – he's missed about a full season's worth of games over the last two seasons. And so he needs to get that playing time. So – if it, if it were me, yeah, I'd probably put him in the AHL, but I think the optics of putting your fifth overall pick uh, in, six. excuse me, six overall pick uh, into the AHL four or five years after he was drafted, man, that's a, that's a tough sell. and That's tough optically. And keep uh, in mind, we don't even know if there will be an AHL season. Yeah. yeah. By that I, point. I think in my opinion, I think Cody Glass has to play in the NHL. Um, it, that's up to him, but I think, at this point of his career, he need like if he's not playing the NHL, he can. I I, I don't know what to think anymore because like he he he's 21 years old. He's played some games. He so showed some really good flashes. But and if he's not playing in the NHL next season, I I don't know what to think about him as a prospect. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if if we're talking about prospects that are that take a while to develop, Mark Stone took two years in the in the AHL. Uh, before yeah. he cracked his first NHL yeah. game, I, I think yeah. that thinking that he's a bust because he hasn't, you know, no. st- grabbed a full time role, I think that's a little bit premature. No, I think that the, the difference between that is Mark Stone is a six uh, six round pick, Cody Glass is a six overall pick. But but yeah. you can and go down the list point. of a lot of NHL players that spent multiple years in the AHL that were first round picks. Now you could also go down the list of first round picks that weren't in the NHL by their fourth year and obviously didn't pan out to anything. So it's, it's just whichever way you want to try to paint that picture. Uh, but I do agree. He needs to be in the NHL. I agree with you, Carlo. At this point, you got to just figure it out, right? Put him in the NHL. Is he going to be, if you start out in the third line center, if you don't move Stasny, obviously, and he's your third line center and he could play with Tuck and a Stevenson or a Cousins or a Wah or whatever it is, and just see what that line can do and, and give him that opportunity because the third line isn't going to play all that much. I mean, this is going to be, once again next year, a top-heavy team that's going to roll their top four defensemen, especially if they can go after and get Petrangelo, and they're going to play their top six forwards because that's the strength of this team. And I think because Cody Glass has shown that, shown some flashes in the NHL, because I don't think he was really that – but his last game, remember his last game against St. Louis, he had a really, really good game, and then he got hurt that game. Yeah, and he was he was improving as the year goes on, and I think that progression. I think he needs to be on the NHL at that point. And I, I would actually I, argue for him having some sheltered minutes and, and at least for part of the season, trying him back with catches and, and Stone because I think that that just helps him developmentally at the start of the season. I I agree. I, th- I think if you're going to have him play in the NHL, he needs to be directly into a top six role. The only reason I would have him play in the AHL would be so that he can get those top line minutes. Um, if he's sitting on Vegas's third line and only playing, you know, a few minutes here or there, yikes! I I think that's that's another lost season in terms of playing time. Well, I think he would play power play one minutes because th- that is still his strength. He was fantastic on the power play. Everybody's always talked about what he needs to figure out is the five on five speed because his vision and everything uh, on the power play is fantastic. So I think to start the year, you. Uh, if they didn't make any moves, obviously we're trying to, to figure out what that looks like, but it would be third line center with power play one time. And that I, would start to get them going. I even think that even if they, if they do keep Stasny, I think that Stasny is going to be, oh, they start the season. I think Stasny is going to be playing on that three C and they have Cody Glass between Pacioretty and Stone to shelter him. I would love that. If that happened, that would be the best thing for Glass and his development. And we could be the third line in my opinion. I mean, Stasny has played very well with tough so yeah, that could, that could be good. Yeah, I think I think that would be best for for everybody involved. Hopefully that happens. I mean, you've seen Glass out any time that they've been involved in the community, even when the main team was still up in Edmonton. He's been out in front. So I mean, they still love the kid. Obviously, it's just now it's time for him him to show it. Forget the last couple of years and injuries, and just come out and and go figure it out. And uh, 
Speaking of prospect making the roster, I know I know Eric's gonna hate me asking this question, but do you think Krebs is a shot on making the team? Do I think he has a shot? Yes, I think he, I think he absolutely has a shot, and 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 here's why: uh, he, the World Juniors start in uh, December. Camp for that's gonna start somewhere at the beginning of January, so he's gonna have an opportunity to go compete at the World Juniors and wrap up with that sometime uh, the first week of January. Um, at that point, he'll have a chance to come back to the Golden Knights after they're just starting to get their season going, and the Golden Knights will have had an opportunity to see him play against the best players of his age group, and they'll have a little bit more time to see if there are injuries that create space for him to get a nine-game trial because he can play nine games, and if as long as he doesn't play that tenth one, he doesn't burn a year of his contract, and they can send him back to junior if they don't think that he can really contribute this year. Um, so do I think that he has a shot? Yes, I think he'll get nine games, but I don't know if he'll get more. That's going to be up to him and how much, uh, how much strength he puts on in the offseason. All right. Because I think he's a really, really good player. I've seen – like, especially the fact that he, they brought him into the bubble too. I think that speaks a lot. And oh, I agree. Yeah, and the, and the um, the the article uh, Jason Granger no put out about Derek England, he talks. Derek England talked highly about Peyton Krebs. Said and, that he was close to getting in. Yeah, yeah, like one injury away, multiple times. It sounded like it, it, that time that I think it was what Noshik no and somebody else were both injured, and yeah, one more yeah. would have gotten him in. I'll put it to you this way. I think the Golden Knights would love to have Peyton Krebs play well enough that he demands a spot on the, on the team. And I think that he's not far from doing that. But when you think about the amount of competition they're going to be for some of those, those winger spots, if they don't move out at least two guys, man, I, I think he's going to be hard-pressed to, to keep a guy like Alvenis down. Um, he's going to have a tough time keeping a guy like Sakura down if he's not really up to full NHL speed. Yeah. That's right, a question for you, Jack. What do you think the, the Knights are the weakest down on the farm? Down on the farm? I mean, the, the obvious hole is in goaltending. There, there's, there's no question about it. They have a couple of okay prospects. I, I watched a couple of games for Yuri Patera this week as he plays in the Czech league and, I mean, he, he's still looking for his first professional win after, after two games, and he's, he's been okay, but he hasn't been uh, NHL ready by any stretch, probably not even AHL ready. Uh, he'll probably spend his year on, on that team and, and then come over and play some, uh, some AHL minutes the following year. We're, we're a long way away on Batera. Um, the other primary prospect that you have in goal uh, is Isaiah Seville. And, you know, he, he's got some talent. He's, he's got a little bit of the size. He's, I think he's 6'1", maybe 6'2", uh, but he's, he's not an, a grade-A prospect. So I would think that if there's a guy like uh, Drew Camesso, who was the goalie for the, uh, the U.S. national team this year, uh, or Nico Dawes or Joel Blomquist from – uh, from Sweden, if any of those three guys are available in the third round, I'd expect the Golden Knights to use at least one of their picks there on a goalie. What about uh, Dylan Ferguson? How's he uh, looking? Yeah, he hasn't. I know he does. I think play. Dylan Ferguson's got a lot to prove. Um, he, he, I think he was he was sick last year. My understanding is he had he had a bout with mono, uh, and that's why he ended up playing in the the ECHL for most of the year. Um, He's he's got a lot to show that 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 was a that that was the reason why he wasn't playing well last year. You think he could beat uh, Logan Thompson for the backup job in Henderson? You know, I, I think there's definitely a possibility of that. I think they brought in Logan Thompson to be exactly that AHL depth at, at well, more specifically ECHL depth for the AHL team. Um, so I think they'd like to see uh, Dylan Ferguson and, and uh, Logan Thompson competing for that job. But I think there's also a pretty decent chance they, they sign another goaltender to play in Henderson. I'm not sure that either of those two guys are, are even AHL ready yet. Yeah. Cause uh, from, from what I understand, I think, well, what I see if they trade flurry and they're probably going to sign a backup goalie for the NHL. I think Dansk has the number one goalie in Henderson locked right. down and he's the first call up uh, call up. Uh, as a goalie, if one of the goalies in the NHL gets hurt, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's how I see it as well too. Yeah, and they're not keeping Sparks. Sparks will go somewhere else. Like, like you guys all talked about, none of those other three or four are ready. Um, Corey Prodman, who does a fantastic job writing for the Athletic, uh, has Vegas taking two 
goalies out of their five picks in his latest uh, seven-round mock draft. So, as you talked about, Jack, goalie is probably where they need to figure it out. Now, first year, they uh, took a goalie fairly high that was ranked really, really high, but he, he flamed out and they never signed him. Not Cooey, but the other one. What was the uh... – Yeah, no, he uh, – Max – Yeah. I want to say power, but that's wrong. So – uh, Zukov, Zukov, Max, there it is. Maxine uh, yep. Zukov. Yeah. And, and, the tr- and the truth is that's what happens with goalies is they're, they're incredibly hard to project um, mostly because you're usually five or six years out from them playing their, you know, their first professional game when you draft them. Um, yeah, n- not to go down the, the rabbit hole, but I do believe that that is also part of the reason why the GMs moved on from the ex goalie coach, because you can't waste, I mean, it was, I think it was a third, third round pick, early third round pick for Zukov. You can't waste early picks on goalies that, that you don't even want to sign. So I think that could have played into to a lot of the reason why you see that big shakeup. Yeah. Do you think Askarov yeah. will drop to 29? No. Uh, zero chance. No. <laughs> Do you think uh, Vegas will trade up to get him? Probably no, not. Not, not when they just signed uh, Leonard to five years. Askarov yeah. is probably – he's two or three years out. He's like a Carter Hart type. Yeah, yeah, he's a really, yeah. really good prospect. He'll be unlike the other goalies that usually are 25, 26 by the time they are re- even ready to play their games. Yeah, yeah. from no, what I heard, Askarov is the best-rated uh, goalie prospect since Carey Price. Yeah, I think that, that's that's right. Um, I think that Spencer Knight was uh, – he's, he's probably 10% better than Spencer Knight uh, in terms of draft value. Um, but there's an, there's another kid coming this next year, Jesper Wallstedt, uh out of Sweden that looks like an absolute beast. Could be as good or or better than than Askarov. There's there's a lot of good goaltender talent coming out of the draft these last few years. And also this off season, not that you ever want to plan this way, but this off season shows you that you could always go get a good goalie. Like the the overpaying does not need to happen. I mean. Vegas just well, locked up a top five goalie for the 12th best or the 12th largest cap hit right now. Like it's, that, that may not have happened the same way if it weren't this season with COVID and all that. And, and that, I mean, I, I think that this will level out goalies not getting paid Bogrovsky money anymore, which is good. But yeah, I, also, I think, I think that Bob Grofsky deal is going to be the last time you see somebody get $10 million. It backfires to, every time. It really does. Every time. Uh, every single time. There's not been one single well, time. Of, Carey Price. I, I, I believe. I say I, Carey Price is worth that money. Yeah. And I was just going to say that, you know, getting Leonard for half price, you know, assesses the market. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, so Jack, I know you got to uh, take off. So, uh, we appreciate how you uh, hopping, hopping on and talking prospects with us. Uh, any any kind of final final thoughts or notes on some of the stuff we were talking about or plugging your own uh, podcast, et cetera? Yeah, so, you know, if, if you're looking for, for the highlights we've been talking about today, all you have to do is follow me at NHL Jack Manning on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow our, our podcast, the Golden Knights Watch podcast that I do with AJ Alexander. Um, and uh, I also write now for Dauber Prospects. So uh, you can check out my, uh, my profiles. It'll be coming up here in the next few weeks on, on Dauber Prospects. So uh, thank you guys for having me on the show. And one of the things I think you can, you can look for at the draft this week is – the Golden Knights are going to have a lot of movement between now uh, and that first pick, or at least between the, the first pick on the second day. So I would expect at least one more high pick to be added to the pile. And if I'm wrong about that, then I won't come back on your show. Uh, we'll still have you. <laughs> no, back no, on. we're, we're uh, still going to hold you hostage here. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, th- <laughs> thanks, thanks for, for having us. you guys. Uh, thanks, yeah. man. It's always nice having you. Thanks, yeah, Jack. nice to be here. Thanks, Bye. Jack. All right, cool. So we're going to go to a quick commercial, uh, take a quick break, and uh, you, you get to listen to uh, some, some us plug another podcast for uh, yet another podcast for a minute here. So uh, we'll be right back. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Neunschwander. It's, it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. 
Took it for two years? Oh no, Jada yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway and it was like me and I don't know, five other people. And all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No, uh, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. And we're back. So, uh, so yeah. What, what, do we, what do you guys want to talk about? Peary? That seems like a really important thing. God, guys, we made one of the largest trades. I think that when we talk about dominoes falling, that is such a big domino. Brandon Peary for Dylan. I don't even know how to say the last name. Sakura, Sikura, right. whatever. Talk about AHL for AHL talent. This is, whew. It, it, you, you know what's hilarious? Um, Matt, uh, Jack Manning mentioned Sakura? 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 Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, for like fighting for that third wing spot. I'm like, wait, who? And then I just remembered we traded for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when did we get them? <laughs> well, and, and one thing I want to say about the Piri trade there is that I think that this organization is a lot more compassionate than people really think they are right now because they did that, in my opinion, partially as a favorite of Piri. Yeah. Chicago. Oh, yeah. And they even came out and said that it was for uh, as yeah. a favorite of Piri. So, I, yeah. I mean, all this talk about like the organization hating all their players and stuff, like, come on. Like, there, there, yeah, there, there's ever since the whole flurry thing, there's been a lot of going back to back, back and forth where it's like, oh, this, this team doesn't treat their players correctly or whatever. But, but it's only because of the flurry deal, everything yeah, else. The England yeah. thing that came out in the, yeah. in the past couple of weeks where England apparently, we talked about this last week, but was on the trade block. And then, you know, Kelly McCrimmon went over and asked him and said, hey, do you want to play somewhere? Do you want to stay here and sit on the bench? He said, I'll sit and sit on the bench. So, I yeah, mean, yeah it's it, all of these things are like culminating in the fact that, yeah, Flurry is obviously salty about not having a starting gig position here. And that made dominoes fall on the whole drama aspect. And, and so as we're on that, let's, let's just kind of talk about that, that first. Um, for those of you who don't know, obviously you were living, in a, uh, living in, under a rock, but the Golden Knights extended Robin Leonard five years, $5 million. So that, that is your goalie of the future. Of whatever, if you want to call him of the future or whatever, five years. That, it's Resident his job for the next five years. Yeah, it's, it's his job. He's going to play, um, I don't know, if, if they play 80 games, I think he plays 55 60. to 60. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's 60-20 or so. Um, whatever, 50, 30, somewhere in there. Um, and that's a fantastic deal. He has been, by all metrics that you want to look at, if you just want to look at save percentage, I mean, everything. If he starting more than half your games, I mean, he has been a top three goalie in the league for the last, last three years. So he has been absolutely fantastic. It is a crazy good deal. We can talk about whether COVID had anything to do with the fact that it was only $5 million or more, or if he just wanted the, the security of being here. Who knows what it is, but that's a – I know I'm sure the other free agents out there, the Holtbys, the Markstroms, the, the players like that that wanted big money are probably upset about this because him signing it now is going to make their money come down, I would assume. So he, he just wanted to stay home, uh, find a home for a while. So you can't blame him for that. I think so too. And, and he wanted a chance to win a Stanley Cup. This team gives him that everything. So I think the thing that's fascinating, what that means for Flurry, obviously. Now Vegas has come out and said they need to figure out what to do with their their goalie situation. And there's been so many different reports out there. Reports of uh, Vegas is going to have to trade. Uh, first round pick to get somebody to take that salary or Vegas is going to have to eat some of that salary or Vegas is going to have to do this or do that. And there's so much out there. And I, I think it's just, it's all pure speculation. None of us know, but there are other reports out there saying, Hey, Vegas doesn't want to trade. They won't trade a first or a second to, to, to move it. Uh, and they don't want to retain salary. So the big report and Carlo, you and I have kind of talked about this quite a bit is finding that, 
whatever you want to call it, money laundering. Yeah. Trade third party. Yeah, a third party team. Trade him to Detroit or trade him to Ottawa, and then have that team retain some of the salary and then move him somewhere else. Because all of a sudden, if you can get Flurry at five million, that's a good deal for somebody. Or three and a half if you can get him to retain the full amount. It's just what's the pick you have to, to to attach to that. And it's I, exactly I the same thing we did for uh, Leonard yep. uh, because uh, Chicago traded Leonard to Toronto first and to Toronto picked yep. up some of that salary and then traded back to Vegas. Uh, we didn't even give up that much too, because I think it's the other team that also has to give up some prospect to, for them to take well, up. Salary. Well, two things with that. Keep in mind when it's at the trade deadline, you only have like 20% of the season left. So it's a much yeah. smaller actual cap hit and dollars paid and all that stuff. Whereas when it's going to be two full seasons of whether it's 2 million or 3.5 million, whatever it is, that's a big deal. Whereas if you look at previous cap dump deals, it was a first round pick um, that Carolina took from Toronto to take Patrick Marlowe and buy him out. And there was another pit trade that happened this year. I thought, what that was is, it? Uh, David back saw the stall to Detroit and Stalled Detroit got Detroit. a second round pick. That's right, that is, second round pick for, for that. So so I think, obviously, the team wouldn't cup. be retaining that much. So it would be probably like a third or later pick for somebody. But then again, it might jump up to a second because it is two years. Two well, years, the, Mar- the Marlowe thing is a straight cap dump, though, because they were they were planning to release him and buy him out. No, they, well, tr- Fleur- they tried to keep him. He just didn't want to stay there. Yeah. Well, um, well Fleury is still a serviceable goalie, and they can right. Well, on that note, too, does anybody think there's a possibility that they trade out a pick for salary somewhere and keep Flurry? Uh, hmm. Wait, what do you mean? You mean you mean you mean you mean trade out Sazny or Marshy or or Martinez or, and keep, keep they, Flurry? Couldn't they technically trade a pick for somebody to pick up part of his salary? No, you can't no, do that. No, no you, you can't, can't get him back. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't. Do that. You can't, you you can't yeah, you can't trade uh, play That's him back. That's trade away. Yeah. The yeah, cap, yeah, cap ah. circumvention is what it's called. Can't do that. Damn, that would be that would be ideal. So the only way, well, no, what would have been ideal is to not sign him after after his career year. But whatever, we can't go back two years from now. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, that's it. But I think I don't know. There's also teams like Ottawa who's looking to pick up salary because they need to hit the cap floor because they're, no, they're way they're not, no they're way under the cap floor right now they need like they just bought out bobby ryan they're not looking to pick up salary they literally no, no, just they're bought being, out and they, they have well, a they lot of rfas to get signed well to. they need to hit the cap floor and they're like 26 million under they will when they sign like RFAs. yeah well I, I don't know about that because the rfas are what, gonna be like five one a few like i know probably one of them is gonna be like Three. If, if you're Ottawa, are you taking a second round pick to eat Let's two see, million dollars have... for the next two years? Well, they're gonna they're gonna eat like they're they're gonna get a pick just to fill uh, their salary cap. They have eleven you know? RFAs assigned. Yeah, but not all of them are gonna make three million. A lot of them are gonna make one. Is that gonna re- is that gonna reach twenty six? They're still gonna need to hit the cap floor. Well, and let's let's be honest. Um, like so, from a full trade perspective. Flurry probably will not go to Detroit or Ottawa or yeah. those kind of teams. He probably no, goes on a no trade list, right? Yeah, the, the, I'm talking about the, them doing the the, 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 the yeah. third party. Yeah, yeah the, the third party lo- uh, money laundering thing. If you were to guess his ten teams, it's going to be the ones that have the most cap space. Go to Cap Friendly. Look at the bottom of the list. Yeah, that is his ten teams. Just, Except just for Colorado, maybe. Yeah, you you go Ottawa, Buffalo, New Jersey, Detroit. Uh, Rangers probably aren't on there. Colorado's probably not on there. Florida's Ottawa, probably not on there. If Ottawa signed all those 11 for the league minimum, which we know they won't be league minimum, that's over $8 million right there. We don't need to talk about Ottawa's cap. I get it. <laughs> well, if we're talking about teams that want to take some on this money. That's why I was adding that. Yeah. I mean, speaking, uh, speaking of those cap uh, quote-unquote stuff, though, because there are players that uh, there are players that have no movement clauses that leave out those teams with no cap space but there's still teams are going to still circumvent uh, away from that for example the oliver ekman larson rumors with uh vancouver and uh arizona they left i think uh ol left it out of his uh no trade clause because they did arizona doesn't have cap but uh, no, they went to him and asked him. They they, they gave they prov- yeah. presented him a list of hey, here's five teams wanting to trade for you. Will you go to will you waive your no trade clause to go to oh, any no. of them? Not he only o- said no, yes for was, two. 
not OL. It was oh, um, Rousseau. No, who? Stahl. But, you're talking. You're talking. No, Minnesota. from from Vancouver because they were trying to move someone from Vancouver to compensate salary to with OEL, but he has a no movement clause, a no limited no trade clause, okay. too. Uh, I'll get back to that because I can't remember the name. I don't know. I think I think the teams that you look at to to be able to take Flurry on actual teams that will trade for him. Forget the calf circumvention, all that stuff. We don't need to go down that and, and bore people. I think Calgary is a team. I think uh, Minnesota is a team. It's I a, think as crazy as it sounds, the Chicago Blackhawks are a team. Yeah, I was. Um, I just remember. Okay, it was Brandon Sutter that they were. There's rumors that Brandon Sutter and uh, is going to be at move for Arvin, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson to make cap, uh, cap to for Vancouver to make cap room for Oliver Ekman Larson. But Sutter has a no a limited no trade uh, a full no move. Oh, wait, no modified no trade clause. Carlo, in, Carlo, uh, Carlo. Arizona. The, our player, our, our people that listen to this don't care. Yeah, and also if they <laughs> want, if the players want to make it happen, they waive that. So like, it's. It, you saw Flurry do it when when he came to Vegas, so yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, I know you had to finish your thought because because in your mind you, you could you could not stop, and I get that, I understand that. I, I'm the same type of rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying that it, they it, it, even if they're not on the uh, on the no movement clause because they don't cap room, people can, uh, GMs can circumvent through that. He, here's five, here, here's I think five teams that you could look for for him to go to Toronto. Mm. Carolina, Chicago, Minnesota, Calgary, or Colorado. I, I don't think they'll trade him to Colorado, though. I think they yeah. would trade him to any of those teams. I do not think they would trade him to Colorado. I don't know if they would trade him to Calgary either, though. Division rival? Uh, does that team scare you in any way? Even not with really. Flurry? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think they worry about that. I do think they worry about Colorado. They're, the yeah. optics of trading him to Colorado – and then having him beat you in a playoff series would be the worst possible situation. Yeah. Now it could happen with Calgary, but I just don't think they're, they believe they're better than Calgary. I think he goes back East. If, if anything, though, somewhere in it, not a lot of teams that, that have cap room back East, or not cap room, but need a goalie. I mean, like I said, Toronto, cause they're going to move on from Anderson Rangers. No, no, no. no. Why they have two young guys. They, they, yeah. literally just, bought they just bought a lot for yeah. two studs. I'm like, oh, no, yeah, uh, here if you look if you look at just the east, okay. So let me see, just the east. Pittsburgh, obviously, that is a possibility. It's not a huge one. Philadelphia has um, Carter Hart. Tampa Bay has Andre Vasilevsky. Toronto is a possibility. Columbus has two that they're trying to shop right now. They're trying to get rid of one of them. Carolina is a possibility. I heard um, Minnesota too. Capitals. I don't think the Capitals have any chance. Yeah, you heard Minnesota. I mentioned it twice in the last five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You you heard Minnesota from me. Five minutes ago. He's Where the football. fuck were you? <laughs> He's in La La Land. Uh, the rumors of Minnesota trading Dubnik to San Jose are no, uh, and ca- I don't think. Yeah, and I don't think Capitals is because they have Samsonov. Yeah, I don't think Capitals is possible. Islanders not possible. Montreal obviously not possible. They have Carey Price. Um, let me see. Florida Boston, can't afford it. Boston not possible. Florida definitely not possible. Rangers not Chicago. possible. Uh, Detroit, he would say no to. New Jersey, he would say no to. Uh, Buffalo and Ottawa, he would all say no to. So I think th- there's not a lot of East teams, so I think that's why they will have to look at West teams, whether it be Chicago, Minnesota, Calgary. I mean, there's not a ton of actual spots out there for him, so it will be difficult to, to move him. It's not going to be an easy, hey, here you go, just take him, give us a second-round pick. There, there were, yeah, Pitts- Pittsburgh, they just signed uh, Jari. So he could possible, go back. Though. He could go back still there possible, if, though, yeah. if there was a um, salary retention. That's that's like a key. Like if you could trade him, and Vegas trades a third round pick, and then uh, Pittsburgh trades a third round pick to both retain money to, to have uh, whatever Ottawa or Detroit or whoever retain money. I think Pittsburgh would love to have Flurry back. Yeah, yeah. Flurry would love to go back too. I don't think he would mind go back, going back to Pittsburgh. Especially, even, even in a backup role or a 50-50 role with Tristan yeah. Jari. And honestly, I'm not confident that Pittsburgh made the right decision with Tristan Jari. I don't know that he has shown enough to be a number one goalie, but we don't need to get into that. We can go yes. talk on Tip of the Iceberg podcast if we want to talk about Pittsburgh. Yeah. You think, um, you, how, how much do you think uh, Matt Murray is going to demand, though? Money-wise? That's another one. I mean, you would have thought going into this, 
this offseason, he would have got more than $5 million. Yeah. But when Leonard just signs for $5 million, he brings everybody else's number down. He brings Murray's number down. He brings uh, Markstrom's number down. He mer- brings Holtby's number down. I mean, he brings a lot of numbers down. Especially with Murray's – didn't really uh, perform really well this uh, last uh, season too. And I was thinking, like, if we trade Flurry to Pittsburgh – for Murray back, uh, Murray's rights back, we can sign him for like as a backup, but I don't know how much he demands. It depends how much he, he's going to ask for because I don't want to pay him like three million for a backup role. And I also you know believe I mean? you don't want to, based on just signing Leonard, you don't want to bring somebody that used to be a starter in to try to play with him. You're, you've given the, the keys to the kingdom to Robin Leonard. You don't want to try to, you don't want to do what you just did to Flurry, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, you want to bring a serviceable backup in, like you said, Thomas Grice. Grice is yeah, Grice is my my like, guy. Like there's going to be Aaron Dell. Not not that he's great, but there you want a serviceable backup that can play 20 games and let Leonard go. You don't want to bring somebody that's three years younger, that's won a couple cups. Like you, you don't want to bring him in behind Leonard. I don't think. I don't think that makes a ton of sense. Grice made slightly over three million last year. And he'll probably make less because he's, what, 34, yep. 35? He's older. Uh, Grace is 34. Yeah. yeah. It's a good, uh, he's a good serviceable backup. Because I yeah, think for, for one year, for one year, two years. Yeah. But like we were talking about with Jack, there is just nobody in the, in the Golden Knights prospect pool. Like there's like Oscar Dance, you want to do all the memes you want, cool. He's not an NHL quality goalie. I th- even not for yet. One game. Well, not, not yet, but I think he can – uh, develop into a backup role, but that's it. Like he's not going to be a. Uh, he, and that would be like a developing into maybe potentially a backup of a backup. <laughs> like, like yeah. right now, right or, yeah, right now he is the uh, he his role it fits thing, him right now. It's the first call down the street. But he's already twenty six. It's yeah. not like he's twenty four and we're trying to get him to develop more. He's twenty six now. He came in with some pedigree. He was he was in this year's draft. It would have been a first round pick. He was thirty first overall. It was second round back in 2012. So, yeah, he comes in with some pedigree, but he has not shown it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he has, I think he has some few flags, especially the year – especially year one. But he, he – I can't – well, he played a few uh, few games to, uh, in year two. But it's – I'm not going to – I'm not going to say that he can't be that because he still needs to play a little bit more NHL. But I'm not going to say he's going to be our, like, bona fide – starter he's gonna be a backup you know i don't even know that he'll be that though in the ahl which is typically lower scoring than any other league out there right now 35 games last year he had a two five seven goals against and a nine to be to be fair to to be fair like i've been watching i watched a lot of uh and i uh, i watched a lot of the ahl games and i i've been tweeting this especially early in the season i thought Dansk was horrible in the earlier earlier in the season, but late in the second half of the season, he he took that job away from uh, Sparks because he was really good late in that uh, late in that season. If uh, if the season didn't er- end early, they would have made the playoffs because of Dansk, and he developed really well last season. From they're not going to uh, be the backup NHL. Yeah, yeah. I hope he so. takes the next step with Henderson. I hope he 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 can have. Uh, close to two goals against average and a, and a 930-plus save percentage to obviously give you a lot more confidence in, in what could happen. But, yeah, this. But, yeah, that's what, that's what, I'm, uh, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think you're, you're, um, you're just pulling the plug on Dansk too uh, earlier. I think he still has a chance. I'm not saying it's a big chance, but I think he can uh, develop to a, a who has a who, Who's a better backup goalie in NHL over the next three years? Malcolm Subban or Oscar Dance? Obviously, uh, Subban. Okay. But and we, we traded him for to get and Leonard. We traded him away because he's not very good. I'm just saying we don't need to waste any time worrying yeah, about who could be the number one AHL goalie. He's not very good. He's not going to ever play and be a contributing member of this NHL team, in my opinion. So, so anyways, let's move on because I got about 10 minutes left in, in the tank here for today. So uh, yeah. let's, let's, let's talk, talk about, about- Let's talk about our jersey. uh, jerseys. The gold jersey? The gold jersey? Oh, I'm going to reach through the screen today and smack you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about these gold jerseys, though. Uh, th- no, n- has anybody seen them in person yet? I have not. not yet. I have not. But uh, re- uh, people who has has been saying that it looks way better in person 
than it is, it does on pictures because uh, pictures uh, it looks like mustard because you don't see the shine. Well, the fanatics one guaranteed looks like absolute shit. They shouldn't even do in, that they in the picture though. I was looking at the picture of the fanatics version. It, it obviously the picture doesn't look much different than the regular one. So in person, yeah, it's not like you know what's going to happen is that you're going to see it in person and you could put two side by side. The Adidas one is at least going to be obnoxiously sparkly, which if I'm thinking of gold, I want it to be obnoxiously sparkly. Mm -hmm. The Fanatics one is not going to be very sparkly. It's going to be Dijon mustard. Yeah, it's going to be Dijon mustard. I guarantee. And I will eat my words if this is not true, but knowing, having bought Fanatics versus Adidas, just the regular jerseys, and then like holding them up next to each other and seeing the difference, you're every single time you're folks like, spend the extra fifty dollars, get the Adidas one. That's all we're saying. Go to cool hockey. Go, I mean, go to cool hockey. It'll be less expensive whenever they actually carry those on there. So, um, we're sp- at uh, first, so so we talked about it a lot in our in our group chat when it first came out. I thought the arms were uglier than fuck. Like it made no sense do. to me why they did I that. As I you did. look at it. You have to. You can't just look at it as a jersey. I get that. That's what we're gonna wear. We're never gonna wear the pants and the skates and the gloves and the helmet. I get that. But as you look at it, they they wanted to build a full kit, as they call it, the NHL jersey kit, which so it it seamlessly goes from the bottom of the jersey, which is that gray, into the into the shorts that are gonna be gray. You got the white gloves, so you got the white armbands. You got the gray helmet. I mean, it it all goes together. So I'm I'm okay with that. I agree. It could have been ten percent better if they would have done a couple key tweaks here or there. I honestly think the red makes no sense on it, but the red's in every one of the jerseys, so I, whatever. But I those it, white armbands. I cannot stand the white armbands. I I kind of I don't mind it. I don't think it's the best, but I I don't hate it as much. I as expected you do, worse. Yeah. Just so you know, I expected worse. I will still absolutely, whether they give them out as the season ticket, who fucking knows right now, and I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But either way, I will have at least two of them. I will have one with my last name on it and one with glass on it. I also got to figure out getting a Leonard jersey now that we just signed him. Yeah. Well, also, you guys, there there will be a fourth jersey. Every team is getting a fourth jersey this year, too, for special occasions. Okay. And that one is going to be red. Is it going to be a red jersey or a black with red? Is it going to be a red jersey? It's going to be a red jersey. Oh, shit. I don't know. I, I'd like with it. The with the secondary logo? Yeah, with the second logo, yeah. Oh, by by the way, logo. the shirt that I'm wearing, apparently, I, I just heard the other day, they have these jerseys in stock, the Chinese New Year's ones, in the the arsenal, I guess. Yeah. Really? Yeah, somebody was saying they picked one up. It was like freaking five hundred dollars. But Eric, oh, if, sure. if you really want one of those, they they have the unsigned ones it, now. It could have been. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it was just some they didn't get rid of that game. And yep. Also, note of the other uh, back on the jerseys. I kind of really wanted them to use gold helmets, but after looking at the full kits, I, I kind of like the black better. It kind of it kind of it's it really fits. The whole full kit really fits. I, I actually like. I, I look forward to if Flurry stays. I want to see him wear that jersey with all of his with gold. gold oh man. He's, no. yeah. I tweeted it yesterday. Brian's or whatever goalie's only Brian's pads. The ones that uh, Leonard the company that he goes with, they will do a gold version. You know they will. Those white ones yeah. that he wore through the playoffs were fantastic. They will absolutely find a way to make these the most obnoxious things in the world, and they'll it's be also, fantastic. It's going to look like, like, like I replied to Andrew, it's going to look like C-3PO. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> just all I, gold. I still think that concept that was sent to us was a much better version of it. They would have gone with, with those sleeves at least. I don't I think know. That would have been a top notch. I think it's too. I think it's too much black and too much red. I think uh, when it's too much red, it's just gonna look like ketchup and mustard. I th- I like the <laughs> amount of red he has. To be honest, I I like I said the jersey. I I, I like it, but I don't love it right yeah. now. It's I, it's, I, it's okay. The white armband yeah. just throws it off for me. I do love the gold color though. I think they nailed the gold. I, yes. I, and I don't want to hear. The gold. And I don't want to hear Pittsburgh calling their yellow gold anymore because this is gold. Not their, their yellow is not gold. Same thing with Nashville. Same thing with <laughs> yeah. The, Any team like the Saints, you know, they say they're they're black and gold. No, this is this, that's not gold. Okay? No, no, Vegas shine. went gold. Vegas absolutely figured out the gold. Now it took them whatever however many years, two two plus years to figure it out. It is gold though. 
Yeah. In, in pictures, it does look kind of just like dark yellow, but in, in videos, especially that video with Marsha So and Carlson, it, like you see it move around, it, it shimmers. So and, hold on. So, nice. so small story, Dave and I were, were going over this. So when they released the jersey on Friday, mm-hmm. there was multiple reports that they were having 777 special edition uh, that came with free customization and a thing. It never mentioned price anywhere. I, I didn't read anything. So I just assumed, okay, 180 bucks, you get free customization and some stupid little coin. Okay, I'll go get Dave and I one, right? So then before I go, I, I read <laughs> Jesse's article finally. And then come, come to find out that this, it was not free customization and definitely probably not a real gold coin, but it was 499 fucking dollars. So what's where's the extra $320 come from? Like, yeah, those gold shoes. No, those the gold, gold shoes. Shoes, <laughs> gold shoes are seven, $777. The gold oh. shoes are another $278. For whatever reason, if you want limited edition gold shoes, $278, fuck off. Um, <laughs> So, hey, I appreciate that the Golden Knights think that all of us, after giving them $20,000 plus for season tickets, have all the money in the world during a motherfucking pandemic to just go and spend yep. $500 on a, on a gold coin and a cardboard box. I mean, because that that's all it is. You know that they sold out, though. You know that somebody they did not. Oh, yeah. They're, no, they did not. Here's the funny thing about it. I honestly think that this is one of the times that they overextended themselves because they have, even as of this morning, posted a video with their content guy, Brian Killensworth, saying, hey, they're still available. Like, there is no way that 777 people spent $500 for customization. That's 80 bucks. So, okay, 180 and 80, we're up to 260. Where's the other 240 come in? If that coin is not a quarter ounce of actual gold, fuck yourselves. And you know it's not. Which, by the way, I think that as season, uh, most of us being full season ticket holders, I think this was kind of a little bit of a fuck you that they're it's not weird. It's 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 weird that they were we we already had dates signed before the the pandemic happened to go pick up your jersey in September. Yep. Well, it's fucking September. It's past September now, and we didn't get it. So okay, I get that they're they're pushing it off. There's in my opinion, there's only one way they redeem themselves. I mean, I'm not going to be super fucking pissed even if it's not because it's free. Well, free my ass. They're yep. holding our money. They're making. Free. They're making. Yeah money while we're, we're sitting here having to worry about how to pay it. So it's not free per se, but the only way I think they redeem themselves is if they are truthfully getting a fourth Jersey and they give it to the season ticket members first. If they don't, eh, then it's kind of a slap in the face that we didn't get the opportunity to go pick up these gold jerseys first, because that's yeah, kind of, it, that is pretty shit. That free, free Jersey quote unquote that we're supposed to get is just some, a, a knockoff of what they've already had. I'm going to be fucking pissed. Give us free customization. I, or, I would be happy or, or if it's here's what would be even worse if it's the fanatics version. I would just oh, say, Oh no, I would just say, let me give you 50 no, bucks. I, I was I, when I this first started coming out, when I, I talked to my rep and I talked to uh Todd Pollock, they guaranteed said it's supposed to be an authentic jersey. That, that and I did still Todd, have did Todd ever respond to you or no? No, uh, this time, no, but uh. Okay. When we first started ordering these ones, uh, he insisted that it was going to be an authentic jersey. And I, I heard that the reason that they didn't actually release these to the season ticket members first is because they couldn't make enough of them for all the season ticket members. I could see that. Because they only released like 10,000 total from what, I, from what I read somewhere when this first came out is that the initial, uh, I think it was Chris Chapman said um, that he, his rumor mill somewhere had pointed out that they only had a certain number of initial production. And so that might be part of the reason why they're not sitting here. And, and they need to make money off of it as well, too. So we've already paid it, you know, or, you know, yeah, they probably used our money to produce these things in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, um, I, I mean, like, like Eric said, it's not a big deal. I mean, we, we obviously aren't like hating the team because of that, but it's just one of those little things where it's like, come on, like, I want it's, a, it's, it's, it's a little thing. Yeah, they could have definitely – I mean, hopefully if they did only have a certain run up front, then by the second run before the season starts, you can get them. Because I know that that's what they want. They want the fans in these things. Yeah. And, look, if you've already paid your, your X number of dollars for season tickets, do you really want to go spend another 180 plus 80 or 90 for customization? Who knows? Well, you got this email, right, that I'm showing on my screen? 
that the note says this is not the complimentary jersey, um, but additional details will be announced at the start of this coming season. So I don't know how to interpret that. I don't know how to interpret, hey, don't, don't secure your jersey now because it's not the free one, or is it saying it's not the same jersey? Because you could interpret that two different ways. Yeah, maybe we should, uh, one of us should reach out to somebody here. But, yeah, I'll text Brooke tomorrow. I didn't want to bother her over the weekend. But yeah, I'm I'm not super worried about it. It, it does like so. I I'll I'll shout out to Darla because she had like the whole video showing her like wearing it and how it felt and the review. So shout out to Darla. That was cool to do. Um, she seemed very happy with it. So you know, and and in talking to a lot of people who did pick them up, they all seemed very happy with it. So I guess. I want to see it in person. I'm I'm looking forward. Yeah, a lot of people's concerns were they think that it's the same fabric as the the gold that they used in the regular jersey, which is kind of itchy. And what I've heard, it's not. So yeah, from yeah, what I heard, the, yeah. the inside is regular. The outside is the, the glittery part. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, so um, so I think that's that's pretty much it for for today. I think we can kind of we we kind of interspersed some of the around the league talk into the. The discussion. Yeah, we had we had Jack Man. Hold, hold, hold on, here Let, we we can we can do this really fast, okay? Rangers bought out Lundqvist. There's a chance he comes to Vegas. Michael Grabner bought out by Arizona. No chance. Who cares? Tristan Jari signed three years in Pittsburgh. That means Matt Murray's going somewhere else. OEL will not expand his list from Vancouver and Boston, so he's either going to get traded to Vancouver or Boston, or he's staying in Arizona. Uh, Eichel and Line Line will most likely get traded either this year or next year. Eichel's not going anywhere. He's a franchise center. Uh, Chicago trades somebody for somebody else. Who cares? Nobody cares. There's both AHL players, uh, Calgary going back to their AHL player. Uh, Calgary going back to their uh, third jersey, the ones they wore in the Heritage game. They're the best jerseys that they've ever had. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're beautiful. Absolutely. Uh, Kingsfire, the person that played Bailey because he uh, did something that <laughs> like he actually shouldn't have done. Actually, yeah. So there's your not five minute major, but whatever you want to call it. But there's your rundown of stuff that happened. Uh, go Knights, go. <laughs> All right. Well, well, that that pretty much solves it. So uh, next week we'll we'll be back to talk about things that happened in the the draft, I guess, and and lots of hopefully. draft and free agency. So here's the thing: we probably do, AJ. I, I'll say this for you: we probably do need to um, try to break up, either break it up or have an extended one next next week because you're going to have draft to go over. So you're going to have two two days of draft, and you're going to have free agency. By the time we we record. There will be a lot different makeup of this team, so we either need to do one in the middle of the week and put put it out on our own, or do one that's extended on Sunday. So we'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah we'll so, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So yeah, we, either way, we're we're gonna have a quite quite a long discussion in the in the coming week. So for sure, uh, definitely check that one out. Again, uh, appreciated uh, Jack Manning hopping on here, and and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. So I guess that's it for this week. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks, everyone. I love gold. Ah, there it is. There it is. God damn it, Carla. <laughs>